Hi, Kevin. Welcome back. Yeah. Hi. Hi, Adam. Uh, I'm always happy to be here with you now for the fourth time, I think, already. Yeah. But uh, it's your fault. So you are no more researching <laughs> blockchains. And uh, so you, I guess you now after my after recent conversation with me and porting everything to Java, you said, you know, it is just uh, mission impossible and you quit your job. This is how what happened? Yeah, it's it's a little bit funny because, of course, I remember our last session we had about blockchain, about Ethereum specifically. And uh, back then, uh, already I had in my mind that there's a high chance that I will do uh, something else soon, but I couldn't yet speak about it. So, um, yeah, so. Ah, okay. So so you, you were not completely honest with me. So th this... I was honest, so I never <laughs> lied. And I was at this at this point in time, I was doing blockchain research. And uh, uh, officially, I'm still a, um, a PhD student. So I'm doing my PhD in this blockchain field uh, okay. officially, yes. But uh, on the other hand, it's a little bit on hold right now. Okay. Um, what happened also, I had a nice chat with the Cumulus people. And uh, what they also have, they have uh, Ethereum extension for Cumulus. Mm -hmm. So uh, and they are using this in on en energy sector in um, in some projects. So it also interesting part. So now, um, so everything is on hold. So what are you doing right now? I mean, what happened? Yeah. So um, one could say I made uh, my hobby my job. Yes. So one of my hobbies was working in open source, working on the test containers project. We also talked about this in a former episode. Uh, it's a Java library for um, yeah in integration testing and spinning up your dependencies for integration testing using Docker containers underneath. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, beginning of uh, the year 2021. Um, we thought about um, making a company that uh, can make a product uh, that supports test containers or in a way uses test containers or maybe expands on features we are already offer offering with test containers with the open source project. And um, this company was created in the year 2021 okay. by Richard and Sergey, who are the other maintainers of test containers. So it's an, um, yeah, more or less a US based company, also VC funded. Uh, you can say it's a startup, but for me personally, it doesn't feel like a startup because when I think about startup, I think about like this young people out of university doing a startup. It's not really like this. And, um, yeah, in, in this company, we are working uh, on a product now, which is test containers cloud. Okay, test containers cloud. And, so even yeah, and I, I joined as the first engineer, so to say. Okay. So um, they asked me, they said like, yeah, we have the company, you're one of the maintainers, don't you want to join as the first engineer? And I was thinking like, mm, should I join? Can I go on with my PhD when I join? But I thought, um, yeah, I think this is a chance I have to do now. I want to be part of this and I want to see where this will end up and where test containers will end up. And so I joined, uh, like basically in the evening, I called my professor. I said like, oh, sorry, uh, I have to quit. Uh, by the way, I have one month's holiday left, so I'm out now, kind of. And yeah, then I was back in the industry. So at least you didn't join as a manager. So developer is a good choice, you know. Totally, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yes, and, and I had to, I had to take some time getting used to the normal development routine and also doing more in the cloud development sector because, 
like uh, this this two years now academic work is is very different you read a lot you write a lot just two years and yeah. incredible i thought it's like you quit after you know three months so two years is a long time okay no, i was three yeah. years <laughs> so you didn't yeah, two code. Years is enough maybe so, so you didn't code too much so it seems like like right? so are you no not too much i uh yeah, so i really read a lot i wrote a lot uh, i was in many meetings yeah, oh. for the research projects and so on which was um a bit manager like yeah so that was not always the most enjoyable and most technical stuff um okay. so now i'm doing more technical stuff again which makes me even more happy yeah. nice and 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 the, your professor was uh was happy with the decision or was was angry uh, <laughs> so he, he was of course maybe a little bit sad but then of course also kind of uh, supporting me and saying yeah if this is what you want to do what, what you're motivated about do it but he said like okay be aware even if you tell me now you still will do your phd on the side i don't think this will happen like if you do this now the chances that you will finish your phd are decreasing enormously which is maybe true but ultimately i don't know the phd thing was It wasn't that important for me yeah getting a phd i just wanted to do research and if i was getting a phd like this it would have been also cool and maybe i finish it in the future maybe not. yeah um, what maybe i don't, so. don't understand this this argument um i actually wrote a, a few books aside so i just wrote the books during that time you know so i was uh, uh travel a lot i uh spent a lot of time in hotels there was nothing to do so i wrote a book you could actually do the same with phd right or is it different 100% you can do, yes. Okay. And uh, so I, I talked with some people who wrote books like uh, for the big publishers, O'Reilly, Manning, whatever. Yeah. And uh, so what I heard of them, like the work involved in writing a really good technical book, it's maybe as much work as a PhD thesis, yeah. So. Okay, so it's similar. <laughs> so you can. So what I can tell I you, think. you can absolutely do this. And if you will have to travel a few times, you know, to US, there's a long flight. So... Uh, I mean, I achieve a lot during uh, Java One, you know, uh, journey. That so, sounds good. Yeah, this is the, no problem at all. Okay, perfect. So, uh, you you mentioned the name of the product is Test Containers in the Cloud. Test Containers Cloud is the name. Test yes. Container Cloud. Test Containers Cloud. Test Containers Cloud. Exactly. So, what is it? So, um, uh, basically, it is a way to um, use your existing test containers, uh, project test containers integration. And instead of running the containers locally on your machine for the integration testing, mm -hmm. it will uh, spin up the uh, containers transparently in the cloud. So if you run test containers cloud, you don't have to make any changes to your code base whatsoever. And um, it will just in a really transparent way start up all those big potentially big dependencies you have for integration testing in the cloud and uh, more or less on demand yes so it's like serverless sounds for me so it's like a uh, serverless for sure because you can uh, start resources without provisioning the servers so you're just starting them and this works and uh why i should do this so um It is a little bit aligned with the current movement we've seen in the industry also with those cloud IDEs coming up. And um, mm -hmm. a lot of modern hardware we see or the development in hardware we see is more towards like fast, light, uh, light and small machines, like, for example, the new MacBook M1 MacBooks and so on that are 
fast, but actually not super beefy with regards like to having a lot of memory or whatever, like better for spiking um, usage or whatever. So if you do it like this, you still have your nice small machine. And when you then need the really big stuff, which you just need for a short amount of time while your tests run, they appear more or less magically in the cloud. Yes, your code, your local Java server or whatever uh, speaks with them, speaks with the Elasticsearch, speaks with the Kafka to do the integration test. And um, then it's, yeah, afterwards they are gone again. And yeah, you didn't use a lot of resources. You don't have to think <laughs> in a way, okay, when I now choose my workstation, do I want to have a small uh, light machine? Do I really need like a heavy workstation? Actually, like the light machine uh, is enough, like because compiling the Java and so on, you don't need that much power. But if you run the big integration test, you need the power. And we've seen this in the past that people started to choose developer workstations um, based on the resources ultimately necessary for run sometimes a big test suite which now includes more integration tests because people learned with Docker doing those integration tests is really nice. But then suddenly you need the big machines with 64 gigabyte of RAM or 32 gigabyte or whatever. Yeah. And um, yeah, like this, it, it just works really nice. And also if you're using a cloud IDE, you can also uh, integrate it with this. Then you have like things already in the clouds speaking with each other. But of course, also, if you're running locally in IntelliJ, NetBeans, whatever, it will still transparently uh, connect to this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I see is, and some of my enterprise clients have trouble with virus scanning and all this stuff, and even, you know, Docker. So I would say in this particular case, could be really interesting because the problem is not that the machines, but because all of the stuff, which is already installed on the machines, they are so slow and unusable, basically. So one funny story is uh, um, there was a, I use Payara a lot, and it started on my machine in two, three seconds, and uh, it was one to three minutes on client's machine because of virus scanning. So I see the point. So and what, what also could be interesting, if I could uh, hibernate the environment, you know, so I don't have to spin up everything over and over again rather than I will get my own environment or workspace in the cloud pre-cached or pre-installed so I can very quickly spin up the resources. This would be the killer use case, you know, like, like stateful environment. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And these are some some of the things we are we are working on, like um, basically, so I, I can't go too much into the details, what is in the pipeline, but those yeah. kind of things like further uh, improving, having further speed up improvements, for example, by having certain um, yeah, uh, containers that are normally used in certain states already available for you to use, and then you're losing a lot of the initial overhead. So. Uh, yeah, with exactly. containers, we are quite fast with starting them up, but still it's a couple of seconds. And if we can cut away these couple of seconds, we get even a faster feedback cycle. We can move more into those TDD cycles, even with integration testing. And uh, for, for me, this is pretty cool. Like depending on the application you develop, but if you can have such a TDD-like cycle with real integration tests, um, if you are coding at the outside layer of your application, I personally really like this, yeah. And you spoke about another part, a uh, topic with regards to uh, enterprise users and their security con uh, restrictions or whatever. Um, 
especially if you think about Windows, so we have Docker for Windows, but um, it requires a certain yeah capabilities to be installed and they are not always allowed yeah <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah if you use test containers cloud you don't necessarily need uh, docker on your machine it will still work mm -hmm. it was okay so what what you are doing you you are like a proxy so you are so you are managing remotely the containers so for you is everything the same so it looks like you know the annotations everything remains the same mm -hmm. so what you did is you just redirecting the management traffic so starting stopping the containers to the cloud right yeah so for uh, for test containers itself so the test container open source library we have um it already supports um running remote against the remote docker or whatever we have a lot of different strategies that we support so um test containers um, itself uses docker java and docker java talks with docker over the docker rest api and Depending on the environment, the Docker daemon can run on, uh, yeah, will we'll, um, have a Unix socket open or on Windows and named pipe or whatever. And you can use this uh, connection to just uh, interact with it using its REST API. And of course, it could also run somewhere yep. else. And uh, many users already do this in certain CI environments. The Docker daemon might run somewhere else, not on the build node, for example. And yeah, test container yeah, support. What I did actually in the at uh, just for fun at the beginning with Angular 1. So I wanted to play with Angular 1. So I wrote a small app uh, which communicated directly with Docker via REST and JSON. And yeah. you could even uh, expose Docker via cores. So I could really just connect, you know, to the Docker daemon from Angular 1 back then, early Angular 1, and was able to manage the Docker containers, which was actually yes, fun. Yes, yes, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, and so this is another topic that is not related to Test Containers Cloud, but to the container ecosystem and something um, many people are not aware of. So when they use Docker, I think about the Docker CLI and um, then, for example, Podman came. And for some time, it was advocated as the drop-in replacement, just make an alias of Docker with the Podman alias, and then you're good to go. But especially in the beginning, um, alias in the CLI, okay, this is the one thing, but exposing a server that has the same uh, API and behaves the same way uh, was a completely different story. And, um, but, but now they also, um, like work on the support and become a, a more of a replacement on this stuff. So, uh, yeah, this is another uh, interesting topic in the whole container world, basically. Container, container wars, world, container yeah. world. So what, what I remember, <laughs> container world, container wars. So what, so what I what I said wars because how how all the containers happened and started with Docker, and Docker became more and more powerful. And then in one point of time, companies said, okay, we would like you know to standardize the mm -hmm. Docker, and they created a yes. spec to decouple Docker product from the container technology. And this is when the dra drama or, you know, the wars <laughs> started because there was the project yes, rocket, sure. right? Do you remember rocket rocket and the, and, and, uh, the rocket was like supposed to be better than Docker and use the same spec. And I even think recently Kubernetes said they are no more depending on Docker, right? So they can just use the, uh, the, uh, Docker, not Docker, the container API without being depending on yeah, Docker. Yeah, there are a couple of components. I'm not the super expert on those lower level of details, but you have like the run C and the container D. And exactly. then of course you also had the very cool move by the uh, Docker engineers to open source core parts of Docker, actually. 
and make it available to the community, which was a great move also towards better standardization, I think. Yeah. And uh, now we have two parts, the Docker community and the Docker Enterprise. Actually, even two companies. is one company which runs Docker for mm -hmm. developers and the other one, Docker Enterprise, which is a kind of Kubernetes competitor almost, I would say. So it happened, I think, two years ago. So they split this. But uh, back to your product. So you are, you are almost done. So what I what I heard is uh, everything works already in open source. So you just coded a little bit Javadoc and you are done, right? So this was your task in the last two weeks. There's, of course, a, a lot a lot of more <laughs> stuff involved in the background and, and running things at, at scale and making sure it's uh, it's secure for, for different users um, to do the stuff. But... Um, yeah, so there was a lot of work involved and there is a lot of more work uh, going forward and um, especially regarding those um, features to to bring further speed improvement and further improvements for the cycle time of the testing. So, yeah. Yeah. What I can well, what I can imagine that uh, what you could do the developer you can request a kind of profile where the developer says I am interested in Postgres with this data and Kafka with these brokers, and then you can prepare this environment to speed it up. And this could be a commercial feature, right? So you can say, okay, then cost a little bit of money, and then you can you can just run it and yeah, use so it. Yeah, so Test Containers Cloud is a, a commercial product, and um, mm -hmm. yeah, therefore there are, um, I think, different different strategies for the future. Uh, how to orientate the business? What could be the way? Um, mm -hmm people will pay for different stuff but uh, at the core it uh, is pay-per-use so it will be a pay-per-use per model that you ultimately pay for the uh, resource resource usage so if you're not running the tests you're not having to pay because you're not using the resources then. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing so one thing is to just you know to run postgres in a test and then shut it down or run Kafka in a test and shut it down. Another interesting use case could be if I could just say, give me a Postgres for five minutes, not for testing. I mean, just to playing around with as, as a proof of concept, because this happens often to me, you know, I would like to try something out with, let's say, Corcus and JPA or, or Panache or something like this, and need Postgres. So what I do, I spin up Postgres, you know, I know where it is in my Docker, I do it. The same is true for Kafka or even application servers. So I have a couple of scripts so in a second, I can I can just create you know Kafka from scratch just by deleting the old one, creating the new one, and and uh, um, deleting the uh, directories with the state. But this could also be interesting for you. So I can say you can you can have another API. Just say I need you know a temporary Docker. Give me one. And sorry, Docker Postgres. So I get a instance. I can so low 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 power instance. I can run it because otherwise on the cloud it's a little bit more hard. If you would like to provision a database, a real one, even the easiest possible database, it is so from the from the console. Let's take AWS console. This is somehow easy, but it will take the first time at least five minutes until you have an instance, and then you have to care and know about the firewalls, security groups, VPCs, and ports and stuff like that. But this could be also interesting, right? So I can say, just give me. Yeah. This. So so in a way, the. Um the, the basic feature and the basic API we already have in test containers. And um, I, I yeah, used sure. uh, this use case in test containers as well. So, um, for example, if you're using the Quarkus dev mode, which I haven't played around with too much myself, but under the hood it uses already 
test containers to spin up certain components yeah, like the data. And, 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 and it yes. works great. So the last last week I started the uh, continuous um, continuous testing. Mm -hmm. I think it's called in or inductive testing, where you say just say you know Corcus Dev, uh, sorry, uh, Corcus compile Corcus colon Dev. So it starts in this mode. And uh, if something breaks or in, in, it recognizes Kafka, it starts in test containers Kafka. So it uh, yes, exactly. And great. if you are running then test containers cloud as the application, the test containers cloud user, this will uh, transparently run those container workloads in test containers cloud. But this is complete different user experience. What what I mm -hmm. I have in mind is a, a little in, in addition mm -hmm. what you are providing. It's complete different use case. The same tech. What you could do, you can provide a small command line interface and say uh, new Postgres. And I, from with my whatever, with my configuration, and I get Postgres with open port. And then I can, you know, uh, create a small app and just use my Postgres. And then at the end, I just shut it down. It is like, it is um, more like experimentation yeah. mode, not testing mode. Experimentation of proof so, concept. But I can also tell you, we uh, we have this also this interface for you. You can already use it with the normal test containers, but then also with test containers cloud. But it is not strictly speaking a command line interface. Just use the existing Java API, and it will do this. So, mm -hmm. um, for example, what you could do, um, it could be a Groovy script, but it could also be a Java class. Doesn't matter. Like just a main class, for example. Yes, you define the containers you yeah. want to have. You start this Java program, yeah. and while the Java program is running, those containers are living. And if you would exit the program, yeah. it cleans it up. This works with test containers, and this also works then uh, transparently with test containers cloud. And it is a very um, yes good example use case, for example, that is outside yeah. of the testing and more um, yeah for this interactive development mode. And yes, you can bring up very beefy environments. Uh, and then just interact with them on your small machine or whatever. Yeah, uh, concrete example. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm for a client. I'm using Postgres with Debezium and Kafka. And a common use case is, you know, to to delete everything and start from scratch because uh, I'm I'm working in another area. So I just built the setup with Docker from scratch. But in your particular case, it, it would be interesting for me to say, okay, give me the same environment but mm -hmm. new. So I'm playing with it two hours, and after two hours, okay, again. And um, I can do this with clouds, but the clouds are more you know, towards security and I have configured everything. So this is completely different focus. And uh, in your case, could be quick and dirty, such a thing. And I know I can do this because, I mean, what you are doing, you're doing all the time in the mm -hmm. unit test, right? This is like before each and after. This is exactly mm -hmm. what happens. But, I mean, as a product, Atomic Jar product, this would be uh, from the from the user experience. If you had a uh, REST-like API where you can do this, uh, could be actually a great feature, right? So like experimentation or POC mode, POC man, <laughs> <laughs> POC man, uh, something like this, right? Because you have already everything in place. So inst instead shutting everything down after the tests, if you keep it running, we have it. Um, yes, and there are um, some, some things for this actually also already in test containers for some time, but not in stable, still experimental features, um, but you can enable it. It's You are not a good salesman. <laughs> you you are not a good salesman. You have to say, yeah, we have a pipe in, in the pipeline and we are selling you yeah, with so additional <laughs> fee, but not everything. <laughs> yeah, so the thing is, uh, if you use it in test containers, um, it is so far, uh, so if you would use it in test containers, it would still use your local machine. 
which might be not mm -hmm. suitable depending uh, on the environment you want to set up. Yes. Yeah. So, but you can use this existing yeah. uh, test containers feature. This is a reusable mode. But as I said, it's just an experimental feature in test containers so far. But if you would use this in conjunction with uh, test containers cloud, you also have this kind of scenario. Um, but of course, right now we are talking about like some technical bare bones features that we have in, in test containers and that you can use and that they transparently yeah. integrate already. But as you said, there will be more polished features uh, coming up. And ultimately what we want to focus on and always try to focus and already focused on with test containers, the open source project is, uh, in a way, improving developer productivity and also developer happiness. That's always how I thought about it because, um, so I, I like to, to run smooth integration tests and I, I know I like to develop, um, from the tests and don't run stuff manually, check stuff manually. And if I can all the time be in my IDE code around, write the test and all the setup of the environment always happening automatically in the background, uh, it makes me a happy developer, so to say. Another idea comes to mind. Expanding on this, what I, what I, what I explain to you right now, what I have the problem often, I'm working with different companies and uh, sometimes I create a proof of concept with some, some apps and always the question how to mm -hmm. share this. So uh, mm -hmm. what I already did, you know, I, uh, of course, uh, get private GitHub repo and say, do mm -hmm. this, and then it's installed. This is painful. Another thing, what I already did, I created AWS account and gave them the access mm -hmm. key to this, to this, uh, or, uh, to this account so, th so they could just use it. And, um, but in this particular case, what, what, what we could do is we can say, okay, I start, you know, the entire app in test containers and give mm -hmm. a kind of a signed URL or link mm -hmm to the other developer and, and that the other developer can just continue. This would be also perfect thing for reproducers. Um, yes, indeed. Yes. So if you would mm. like to, yeah, because uh, we also found uh, an, an, an bug in uh, Debezium and uh, this was quite hard because I had one machine, my client had another machine and, uh, and I had to create a reproducer or at least explain what happens with such a, with such an environment could be actually great. So you can say, I, I would like to keep it running for one day and then I send the link and uh, or or the link and uh, you can hibernate or stop the container. And if someone accesses the link after 30 seconds, you can have exactly the same environment, right? Yes. yes, yes, this, yes, this, yes is right. Actual, this is actually a great, great use, use case for another product, Atomic Jar, like you now the repro man <laughs> <laughs> so we have the POC man and the repro man but but this this could be one of the killer use cases right so like you know like a, like a dropbox easy share files it is like easy share you know the environments um yeah and there so there are different things imaginable like the one thing is if you are just sharing like the java code that sets up the environment like the moment someone executes it it just spins it up mm -hmm. so you, you yeah. don't, depending on what you yeah. want to do, you don't need to have a, a hibernating environment somewhere if it's easy to just spin it up and just for a while you want to check it out. For demos, this is a great uh, use case, especially demos that would be more involved, uh, need more components to be running, maybe exactly. not even possible to run a local machine, not possible to run on Docker for Windows, what do I know? Yeah. Yeah. If you just consider Kafka, let's say, so if you would like to do something reasonable with Kafka, in such an environment. You will need right now Kafka, a Zookeeper mm -hmm. as well, so Zookeeper will go away, but right now we still need, need uh, Zookeeper. Then if you have uh, Debezium, so you will have Debezium connector running in Kafka as well, then probably one or two Quarkus, and everything would be in Docker Compose, 
which uh, may or may not work. So if it doesn't work, it's usually because you know of a firewall mm -hmm. in the company, so something like this. And this would be a little more easier because all the Docker Compose and whatever happens on the server side, so or on the cloud side, not on the server side. So I would the surface area is leaner between me and the yes, code, yes. Right? And and you are. Um so test containers, uh, cloud or atomic jar is in control of the environment in which the Docker containers are running. And therefore we can provide an environment in which we know the containers are able to run. So we have another example. Some containers are privileged containers. So they have more capabilities, like when they want to uh, mount the Unix socket, for example. And for some use cases, you want this or this is a useful thing. And uh, some uh, CI environments don't support this. And... Um, test containers also has one component that uses a privileged container like the Rio container. And then it's sometimes even hard to run the test containers test suite in those CI environments if their Docker environment is too locked up. And by this, you also like make this someone else problem, test containers cloud's problem in this case, but test containers cloud can provide the environment that is configured in a way that all those kind of Docker uh, containers can run there with all the features. It sounds interesting. So, uh, why the name Atomic Jar? <laughs> so, um, yeah, we have the jar file from Java. So that was definitely mm -hmm. inspiration for us. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that's, that's all I can tell about this. I think there is no. Okay. Because, uh, if I saw the Atomic Jar, I was, uh, I expected something different to test containers. And by the way, someone, someone approached me from, from the marketing de department and uh, asked me, you know, to, to talk with uh, one of the founders, and uh, I said, okay, no, no time right now. But then you you approach me and I say, okay, I know you, so it should be fun, you know. Let's wait. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and there was a, uh, what's the name? This the Java champion guy who uh, talks a lot. Um, uh, there was the um, FKNI? Sergey. Yeah. Sergey. Sergey. Ex exactly. Sergey. So um, I will also invite him. But uh, back then I was absolutely overloaded with with work. Um, so, um, so this basically, or basically all. So now you're focusing on remotely starting and stopping containers, right? Um, yeah. If you if you break it down like this, uh, it's it's about this. Yeah. Now you work. So what do you, what do, you, do your uh, commits my, my are around work. this area, right? So yeah. um, okay. Um, yeah, it is about building the the cloud infrastructure and and the cloud platform that allows then the users to do this like remotely running test containers containers yes so there's a lot of work of course in in maintaining and developing all the aspects of such a infrastructure that it scales and that it's um, secure and everything it's quite a challenge actually uh, especially if you think about that you want to um, provide all docker features because like this is um in a, in a way, uh, opposed to making it secure. So if you give more capabilities to Docker, then it becomes less secure, of course, or like the attack vector yeah. becomes uh, bigger, whatever. Yeah. So that's quite challenging. And, um, yeah, there is of course a lot of, um, yeah, classical software stuff in, in the background, backend stuff for, um, all the business sides of the product. And um, there's also a lot of stuff to do in test containers as an open source library to just continuously support it and show that we really care about the open source project test containers and uh, want to make sure that this is a um, 
yes, a very healthy and good open source project that everyone can use also besides test containers cloud, of course, because, um, yeah, that's very important for us to have a healthy test containers open source project as its core. Mm -hmm. Um, can we talk about the cloud? So are you running on AWS? Uh, on all clouds. On all clouds. Okay. Yeah, but you are working on all clouds right now. Google Cloud, AWS, Oracle, Azure. Yes. Okay. But then this is even more challenging to provide such an infrastructure because, uh, I mean, the security models are completely different between the clouds. The uh, features are similar, but the security encryption is very different, right? If you compare Azure or AWS or GCP. So I would say there is a lot to do oh, for definitely, you. Definitely, definitely. But this is for, so I'm also not the one uh, currently most involved in, in those stuff, in the cloud development, just because I really, to this day, uh, didn't have a big experience with cloud. So all my uh, life, I was like a German enterprise developer and German enterprises for a long time didn't do a lot of cloud stuff, always on-premise, everything and so on. Yeah, So I'm having more of this background than I was in blockchain. There was also not a lot of cloud stuff we did back then. So it's, uh, although we have cloud now for many years, for me, it's a new new thing. Yeah, So uh, I'm learning a lot and it's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> so funny you say this because uh, I ignored the clouds for two years. I started looking at the cloud more closely to, uh, two, two, three years for two, three years. And the reason being is at the beginning, um, so I actually, um, I have, uh, I use uh, the AWS, AWS cloud since 2006, I think. I had the accounts, I play all the time with it, but it was completely um, not that, or, or completely out of scope of my clients, enterprise clients. And the reason was uh, only recently what the features came that the clients, so this is all interesting, also interesting for, for you maybe, uh, recently big enterprise companies can work with public cloud privately. So back then, you know, most of the services were public by default. So if you just started VM, you got a public IP address. So if you if you start, you know, got S3 bucket, it was more or less public URL. So and now you can you can actually create your own kind of intranet in the cloud, which is completely isolated. And you can even uh, rent a, a dedicated line to the cloud, which is uh, which uh, dedicated means is really a connection between your data center and the cloud. And what's also different, so now the encryption key management and certificate management are really sophisticated. So right now you can encrypt everything in the cloud which even with customer keys and everything is certified. So uh, the clouds become even more secure than their own data center. So this change in the last, I would say, three years, back then, for it's just, you know, so the presentation and clouds and said, okay, I mean, completely mm, out of scope. Yeah. So maybe if you are a startup, you can do this. But if you already have a data center, why should you do this? And now I had already use cases last year and two years ago where there were uh, it was highly secure application and my and I said my clients if we don't go to the cloud we probably won't be able to provide the same level of certification for our on-premise data center and always key rotations and encryption and rest and all the all the stuff so um, you are in a good time because if the enterprise clients notice that um, that 
they can highly securely start containers in the cloud and they already have cloud so I, I think it's a good time for you I would say three years ago it would be completely uninteresting I would say yeah but so of course besides we are also thinking about a potential for on-premise product or whatever like depends on what the market needs if there are certain yeah businesses enterprise interested in, in certain on-premise version of test containers cloud uh, however it will differ in a certain way but of course of course we know this from the other software as a service um, products that are out there they always had similar on-premise solutions like you have github enterprise for example if you want to do on-premise github and uh, this is also something we have in the pipeline so what's what's interesting also i i mean if of, you are a startup right now. Let's yes. imagine we both would create a startup and sell uh, the NFAs. This was the name, right? The NFT. NFAs, the you know the no yes. NFTs, not NFAs. NFTs for the Cobra Band, right? <laughs> yes. And this is our, this is this is our business. So actually, uh, I, I think about a lot about that. So what we could do, uh, you have two choices. I would say two reasonable choices. One choice is go to the public cloud and just use it properly. The other choice is just you no know, rent cheap servers at Hetzner's on, and install whatever we need there. It is going to be a lot cheaper, but in one point of time, if we grow and the Cobra becomes, you know, even more famous <laughs> than Metallica, for instance, and we need, you know, uh, caching, uh, inter-region caching or something, then we will have to migrate to the cloud. And what I see is, you know, the public cloud is not like the cheapest or best solution for everyone. So there are uh, companies which uh, don't have to think global, I think for them, own data center with reasonable admins can be uh, far more reasonable than a public cloud. So the thing that is hard to provide in your own data center is programmable APIs for everything. So you can do it in yeah. theory, of course. There are different offerings, but they are really hard to maintain. Sometimes it's hard to integrate against them while uh, all the tools integrate against the big cloud providers. So this is a really yeah. different. Yeah. But Funny fact, as Amazon started, they had SOAP interface with uh, VSDL, and, uh, and and now it's REST, but it was uh, Vistel. And there was the first drama in the cloud. There was another company called RightScale, and they just picked, you know, the interfaces and, and, and created tooling for, for the Vistels and uh, also replicated parts of the cloud. And... Um, now we have Amazon, we have mm -hmm. Asia, and we have Google, and all the cloud providers provide servers. So you can rent servers from them, like uh, AWS Outpost, for instance, and you know put the server to your data center. And this is going to be managed by the cloud, but uh, and you have to pay for it. But it but it runs in yes. your data center. And what I'm waiting for, so for you know generic workloads. So because. For me, cloud is more than containers. Cloud, there are lots of interesting features like, uh, I mean, let's say manage Kafka, manage mm -hmm. Elasticsearch, sure. uh, then uh, text extraction, uh, image recognition. This is really hard to build services. This is one of the killer use cases to go to the cloud is completely for me boring just to start a Docker container instead of premise in the cloud. I mean, there is no added value, right? So, um, and what can happen again? that we get, you know, programmable interface for open source clouds running on premise. So you can say, you know, for my uh, for my virtual machines or for my Docker and for my storage, a storage that is already happening. There is an S3 compatible API called MinIO, like, for instance. So um, uh, OpenStack was also such a effort, but it was mm -hmm. not very successful. Yeah, yeah. But um, you, you know what I mean? So, so we will get 
can happen again, right? So like uh, an open source company like Atomic Jar, they will call it Atomic Cloud. <laughs> they say, okay, cool. We will, you know, we do, uh, we provide programmable interface for a subset of the common resources, which is Amazon compatible or Google compatible, and could also work, right? Yeah, it's, of course. The the challenge is that the uh, big providers, uh, for them, it's um, not logical to standardize in a way. Yes, so it's not good for the business model. I, I wouldn't okay. say this because <laughs> if you look at uh, at Amazon, what they do, they open source a lot. This is amazing what Amazon actually open source. So the uh, Bottle Rocket Linux is open source. The uh, the uh, Firecracker true, VM true, is yes. open source on GitHub. Then then you know uh, um, ECS anywhere I think uh, and AKS the container distribution is open source. Amazon Linux is so actually you know the boring infrastructure is open source. And uh, the uh, and uh, I, I think the the added value of Amazon is not necessarily, you know, the uh, Kubernetes, Dockers, and all the stuff, but the stuff which builds on top of that. So, um, uh, as I said, for instance, Redshift, which, which is uh, a, um, a, a an analytics database, for instance, right? Or uh, Aurora, which is serverless Postgres. So, um, th this, is, this is the more appealing stuff, which is not open source, but in one point of time, it could be, right? You say, okay, now it's becomes commodity so we can open source this as well yeah so um yeah, yeah especially like these ai stuff that is coming out right now also there are crazy use cases out of it Sa SageMaker, for instance this uh, aws SageMaker, which uh, also runs yeah the, for instance this is also an additional added value if you if you need it go to aws SageMaker, or uh, there's a green grass for iot so this is the added value where we say i know to build it at home is almost mission yeah. impossible But uh, interesting, if I talk with my enterprise clients, they just would like, you know, to have this called lift and shift. So, uh, but this is, you know, the, the, the most boring use case and with the least added value you can get. So you already have running something on-premise and, you, and you're putting this to cloud and hope it's getting to be better. And what happens is going to be more expensive maybe even. But, you know, if you build from, from ground up an application for the cloud, you get even business benefits because... You can even easier calculate the cost. You see how much a transaction costs you actually, and uh, and uh, you can easily you know spin up new environments. So, what we forgot to talk about test containers, or sorry, test containers, atomic jar, and of course test containers cloud. So, is something we forgot to talk about? So, uh, yeah, nothing I have uh, on my mind yet. So there will be many more news coming out soon during the course of the year i assume so uh yeah keep uh, track of whatever resources we will use to push this stuff out mm -hmm. and um yeah not, nothing else i have on my mind to be honest okay so then the last question because you were the last time i think one year ago uh, where we you now talk about the test containers um anything exciting happened Be between then and now if you so what was the biggest release between if you know it oh i have to if i uh, open up the release page so uh, what i can say <laughs> so you are not so you are not prepared <laughs> this is what you, uh, so um so something i have very much on my mind because i was uh, like working on this or cursed with working on this was to get the uh, windows support for test containers kind of to the same level as we had huh. on on java and mac os all the time 
Um, because also like uh, Docker on Windows changed a lot in, in some ways. So we have now the uh, WS2, uh, WSL2 backend in Windows. And in theory, everything is transparent, but in practice, sometimes not. And then sometimes things break. And we really made sure that the uh, test containers experience on Docker for Windows, also with the new WSL backend, is as good as on the other um operating systems because uh, yeah so windows users test containers windows users are first class uh, users for us as well just as the other operating systems so, uh, yeah yeah also you, you wanted to say also humans right so you wanted to say the, yeah and so <laughs> just so just no, the funny thing is i'm on on windows now uh, and this this started in a way to uh, be able to provide better support for test containers on Windows so that we have one of our developers always testing everything on Windows and making sure test containers has the same good experience uh, for Windows users because, like, let's be honest, especially also in Germany, there are many uh, developers, enterprise developers on Windows for whatever different reasons. And, um, yes, so I'm... Yeah. I'm... And I was just kidding because I think the Windows 10 is really great operating system, and uh, the 11 is on the horizon. Or do you already working with no, 11? No, 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 I uh, I didn't. But I checked out a lot of stuff. A lot of cool stuff is happening. And yes, for me, like one of the uh, really game changers was a really good WSL2 Windows uh, provides now. So Windows subsystem for Linux that is great with a really great terminal. Like, I don't know, it's just a, a quality of life thing that you now have a really good terminal on Windows and not the old one anymore. Yeah, and, and the crazy story is if you, if, you, if you use the terminal and you start uh, from the terminal an app, so it searches first in Windows and if you can find it, it goes to, to, to Linux and does that. So I think the it's integration amazing. in Windows <laughs> is, is amazing. So uh, it's a lot of fun. So the last times you were at, uh, at the Airhex FM where we talked about test containers, it was before Christmas 2019, and it was the episode number 67. So crazy times. This was really almost two years ago. So you're absolutely right. And uh, so we, we, we talked a lot about test container system testing, Iron Cobra, <laughs> of course, and, uh, and Dodge Charger, and Oli yes. uh, John Roth, exactly. And... Um, Nice. So, so you were concerned about improving the developer experience on Windows. This was your main task for the last two years, right? So, in test container, or main task, I mean the hobby task, right? Because you were actually the chief <laughs> yes. of the blockchain research laboratory in yes, Germany, exactly. right? <laughs> Not of the whole of Germany, <laughs> okay. but yes. Um. Yeah, we can say it. This is we don't have to be, you know, exact here. It's just yes, just yes. Fun. So that's that's what I took um, over, and in a way, this is also now one of the things I, I ensure in Atomic Jar. So I was the one that said like, okay, it's fine. I will be the one on Windows, uh, at least initially the one on Windows, and want to make sure that also everything we do with Atomic Jar will work great on Windows. And uh, I think this is the case. Yes, and I hope the users will be the same. But besides of this, uh, like. If you have a test an open source project such as TestConnect that is used by a lot of people, there is like constant um, noise in the form of like all kind of work, like small bug tickets, yeah. uh, user request questions, and so on. And just doing this basic maintenance, so to say, without making any groundbreaking changes, is already a lot of work, especially if you do it part time. 
Yeah, yeah, I believe it. So I mean, yeah, this is incredible amount of work actually. Um, a great move. I mean, and and for Windows, I mean, right now the company changed a lot. Uh, I used recently. I shipped some Azure functions to Azure. So in Azure Java functions to Azure, and uh, surprisingly, you know, they have uh, Maven archetypes, completely open source. So maybe even you know you can also work more closely with Microsoft with better Windows support. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they're open for everything. Oh yes, right now. we are uh, like actively talking with some of the um, Azure developers that are providing the. Um, containers uh, for uh, like mm -hmm. the mock containers for testing some of the Azure functions. Like, I don't know what mm -hmm. they have in detail. I'm not the Azure expert, but uh, maybe it's something like Cosmos or so. But um, uh, we are working on making a or providing a better integration with the test containers module. So we have test containers modules for the different um, cloud mocks so that you can integration test mm -hmm. against their mock containers, which of course will not run the whole uh, functionality of the cloud, but these are the official ones provided by the uh, cloud vendors to give you integration test feeling. And this is also yeah. great. And um, yeah, for this, we are already talking with also people from Microsoft and yes, it's currently it's a great time to collaborate with each other in the industry, I feel. Yeah, it's also a great idea and use case because uh, what happens right now, uh, you will have to use the uh, Maven archetype. It will create a zip archive um, and deploy to Azure Cloud, and it takes maybe half a minute or a minute. But in your particular case, you can make it completely transparent and faster. So if you are developing a lot of serverless stuff like Azure Functions with uh, test containers, I see the point, exactly the same um, ACI, Azure Container Instances, where you spin up containers. You could also maybe there is also a mock environment. So I'm not not, not sure about that, but uh, you could actually uh, achieve a lot with with your environment. So I, I, what can happen is right so that the test containers cloud moves a little bit to a direction like you know uh, semi ephemeral lightweight cloud mock. <laughs> so where are not always starting and stopping the services per unit or integration test rather than keep them running and decide outside a test when to shut it down. What I can also imagine in a, in a, in a CI-CD pipeline, for instance, is also you could start you know, the test earlier, then run the pipeline, and at the end, shut it down, for instance. Otherwise, I will have to do it you know, almost state, um, in, in a stateless manner in my unit test, but I could you know, start it first, then run the unit tests, if I know what I'm doing, or I could even, you know, start multiple environments and have it like a partition, you know, this group of tests uses this database and this group of tests uses a different database. So this could be actually prepared before at the startup, or you can parallelize that because what I can also do, I can say, you know, check out the source code and start the test containers in parallel, for instance. Yes, so um, we can we can do this test containers in general and with test containers cloud, with yeah, sure, test containers cloud as well. Yeah. So if you, for example, just fork your test execution, 
it will automatically yep. associate with different instances and you will get multiple containers and test containers also has always been built with this use case in mind. So already locally that you don't get port conflicts or whatever for multiple containers starting. But this of course doesn't scale on a local machine in generally. So you can only start up so many yeah. parallel Kafka, so to say. In the cloud, however, you can scale horizontally very big. So this is a great use case. And something else you... um you mentioned, and I like this uh, definition of semi-ephemeral semi is a good uh, point because uh, often you also uh, have a use case where you want to keep the containers for longer for some debugging purposes or whatever. So yeah, looking exactly. into the database, how is this state? You don't want to have it uh, removed uh, directly. And um, this is also a direction into which we will expand more in the future, uh, helping basically yeah, the perfect. whole developer cycle also with the debugging making it more uh, convenient yes nice where people can find you on the internet so it is uh, atomicjar.com you have to look it up so this is a true yes, startup definitely right? I, I don't visit our website too often <laughs> yes but of oh. course like we are on twitter as well so um we are atomic jar on twitter and i'm key on twitter and the others b side up is sergey and uh, Richard is uh, on Twitter. His handle is which rich. Okay, perfect. So I see. I would say, in a few months or a few years, we will talk again, hopefully about Atomic Jar and not complete different research projects. You know, and uh, I, how your Iron Cobra is doing? You practice a lot still, or nothing? We were during Corona in complete standby. Yeah, but you can still practice some solos at home. No. Uh, we could in theory, but we were not. We were in complete standby also because the bass player is living on the other side of Germany. So but, but you, you didn't, didn't practice see. nothing. No. As a band? No, no. But no. the, uh, but as a lone person, yes, but as a band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as a lone. I mean, you I practice the, 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 the scales and whatever, right? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. It's yeah, like the general routine. But uh, what I can say, and now I wonder if I said this already back then, but we have uh, the, the next album uh, written. So most oh. songs are written. So I would hope, uh, I don't know, this year recording, maybe not, but uh, beginning of next year, uh, the recording would happen. And then finally, we'll have a new Iron Cobra album. What Very would be the name? Then. Can you reveal that or no? Test Containers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Test yes, Cobra. Test Containers and NFT. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, I think the working title uh, will be Eternal Dagger. Yes. Eternal Dagger. Okay, interesting. Yes. Very good. So uh, thank you, and uh, yeah, I invite you back in I don't know one year at the most. Bye. Let's do it. Looking forward for, to it. Yes. Bye.